0: Um, Hello, everyone. Today, I'll talk about uh, how transient heat stress can alter the transcriptional dynamics uh, during early seed development in rice. So, before we go into details of transcription networks, let's just look at why is it important to study uh, heat stress and what is the potential impact of uh, heat stress on crop yield. Um, as we know that in this era, one of the major challenges is to feed the population in adverse climatic conditions. And if we talk about adverse climatic conditions, one of the issues is uh, uh, increasing temperature. As you, can see, uh, as you can see over here, that uh, uh, over past few decades, the temperature has been rising. As a, and as a, result of, as a result of that, the crop yield of major crops such as wheat, maize and rice is decreasing. Um, The sum of the studies shows that with every one degree increase in temperature, there is a chance of 5% decrease in yield. So this brings us to a point where we need to develop or discover climate resilient, high yielding varieties. The varieties which are not only high yielding, but can also sustain sustain, uh, some adverse climatic conditions. And uh, one of the ways to do it is that identify some stress regulators or uh, stress sensors which can help us in uh, uh, modulating the crops uh, to tolerate the adverse climatic conditions. So why we're uh, uh, talking about rice over here is because as we know that rice is one of the crops which is, uh, which is uh, utilized over almost all the continents in, in this world. And most of the developing countries survive on rice. Um, Rice actually is sensitive to heat stress, and uh, uh, apart from this, one of the reasons uh, to study rice is that rice has uh, rich genetic germplasm. We have enough resources available for rice in terms of uh, SNP data or RNA-seq data. Um, Rice genome is relatively small as compared to uh, another cereal such as wheat. So that's why rice offers a, a great opportunity to study it as a model crop for most of the molecular studies. Uh, looking into early, rice early seed development, rice early seed development is one of the developmental stage which is highly sensitive to any kind of environmental stress. Rice early seed development can be uh, divided into three broad phases, uh, such as, um, so, uh, which is early seed development, cell differentiation, and grain filling, and maturation. Among this, early seed development is a phase, for, a phase which lasts for four to five days after flowering. The process of early seed development starts with something called double fertilization, where one of the male nuclei fuses with the two central nuclei to form a triploid endosperm, and other male nuclei fuses with the egg cell to form a diploid, embry- uh, diploid embryo. Endosperm development can be further divided into four, di- four distinct stages, um, fertilization, syncytium formation, cell and cell division. Um, what happens is that after fertilization, the central nuclei divides mitotically to form a structure called uh, syncytium, which is a pre-nucleus stage, and from this pre-nucleus stage, there would be transition to cellularization Now, this duration of uh, syncytium stage is the one of the key determinants of uh, uh, seed size at maturity, because as you can see that uh, longer is the duration of the syncytium stage, more would be the number of cells. Hence, it, it, it can result in um, increase in seed size at, uh, at maturity. But also, this, uh, this duration of sensation stage is highly sensitive to any kind of environmental conditions. As you can see uh, from one of these published uh, paper from our, uh, our lab that um, transient heat stress, depending upon intensity or duration of the stress, can have a big impact on timing of the endosperm salarization. Uh, In this, you can see that uh, under control conditions, the endosperm salarization begins between 48 and 72 hours after fertilization, and the salarization is complete by 96 hours after fertilization. In case of moderate stress, the endosperm salarization is accelerated, and uh, the endosperm is already salarized by 72 hours after fertilization. And the end result of that, that is that we get smaller seeds at maturity. Severe stress, on the other hand, resulted in um, abnormal endosperm salarization and which ultimately caused uh, abortion of the seeds at maturity. Now, we knew that uh, uh, endosperm salarization or seed development in particular is quite sensitive to heat stress, but we, w- we want to know like, if other stages of uh, heat, uh, of seed development are also equally or less, uh, less sensitive to heat stress. So our idea was to identify one of the, uh, identify the stage of seed development which is highly sensitive and respond quickly to any change in temperature, and then dissect the transcription networks which are active during this sensitive stage. Now, to address our first objective, we designed an experiment where we uh, stress the rice plants to uh, high temperature at different days after flowering. We basically uh, broadly studied four different, uh, four different, uh, I would say, stages uh, where plants were where we label the spikelets when the plants are flowering. We put the plants into stress at uh, in first case put the plants into stress at 0 day after flowering keep the stress for 2 days and bring them back to normal conditions at uh, 2 days after flowering and then phenotype the seeds at maturity similarly for HS2 we started the stress at 2 days after fo- uh, flowering and kept it for uh, 2 days bring the plants uh, back to normal conditions at 4 day and uh, likewise at 6 and uh, at 4 and 6 days so right uh, so here we are stressing the plants at Zero, two, four, or six days after flowering. When we look at the results, we could clearly see that earlier stages of uh, seed development are very sensitive, are highly sensitive to any kind of even transient heat stress um, uh, as compared to later stages where most of the seeds were able to develop normally. And uh, these, these pictures just show the seeds which were, uh, which were marked at the, time, at the time of fertilization. And as you can see that in HS1, see, uh, in HS1 stage or uh, during first uh, days of flowering, the, some of the seeds were not uh, not even able to dwell properly. And you can see you can see that in terms of the seed weight also that uh, HS1 stage, which is first two days of flowering, has drastic decrease in uh, uh, in seed weight, while other stages were able to sustain the uh, to some extent they were able to sustain the transient stress. So from this study, it was clear that it is HS1 stage which is responding quickly to heat stress. And this is the stage which we probably should dissect to understand the networks which are getting disturbed by heat stress. So we moved on to our second objective where we looked at the transcription networks which are active during this sensitive stage of development. And then we followed two approaches to analyze the data. One is that uh, look at the expression of, uh, differential expression of each gene versus look at the differential gene networks which are, uh, which are active in condition one versus condition two. So, first to we'll talk about the experimental setup for, for this study, uh, for the uh, temporal transcriptome study. So, we are focused on two windows that is day one and day two after flowering. We mark the seeds when the uh, spikelets are, uh, uh, when the, uh, we mark the spikelets when the plants are flowering. Uh, we waited for 12 hours or 36 hours after flowering, and then we uh, imposed the heat stress. And the samples were collected at uh, starting point, that is 12 and 36, as well as uh, at 1, 3, 6, or 12 hours after stress. Uh, important thing to notice over here is that uh, for the, uh, for the uh, gene expression analysis, uh, our sampling tissue is entire seed. We remove the husk, but we are using both endosperm an- embryo and mater- uh, maternal tissues. So, looking at the uh, looking at the, uh, the gene expression patterns of uh, all the genes which were actively expressed during seed development, we could see that there is clear distinction between day one after flowering and day two after flowering, uh, as well as some of the stress samples can also be um, separated from uh, from the control samples. And one important thing to notice in in the study is that we also have a, a, a daily. Uh, um, a, sc- a circadian regulation in the samples, where our samples are spread from morning to evening. So uh, first of all, we looked at the differentially, uh, the differentially expressed genes, the individual genes which are differentially expressed between different samples. Uh, so I'll just focus on stress versus control. In stress versus control, if we look at both the windows, we can identify the genes which are. Uh, uh, Genes which are expressed early uh, in response to stress and the genes which are expressed late in response to stress. So early early heat responsive DEGs which are, which shows the differential expression only at, only at one and three hours after stress. And late heat responsive DEGs which shows the differential expression only at six and 12 hours of uh, um, stress. And the idea is to show if there is any link between early and late heat, heat responsive DEGs. First of all, let's look at the temporal expression trend and the clustering of early heat responsive DEGs. We could see that uh, early heat responsive DEGs can be further divided into four different clusters depending upon their, exp- uh, their expression trend under control conditions, as well as their response to heat stress. Uh, some of them were uh, highly, highly active at uh, one and three hours after stress. They are upregulated at one and three hours after stress and the ones which are down-regulated at one and three hours of stress. Interestingly enough that uh, this EC2 cluster, which which shows the up-regulation only at one hour of, uh, one and three hours of stress, was highly enriched in uh, uh, the genes which which are involved in protein, protein folding and endoplasmic reticulum. And it is well known that to any kind of stress, especially heat stress, protein folding and endoplasmic reticulum, is one of the main organelles which is involved in uh, sensing the stress and uh, uh, leading to um, uh, leading to heat uh, uh, shock proteins and um, protein folding processes. Uh, while late, late heat responsive uh, DEGs can be further divided into uh, four clusters again, the ones which are upregulated at later stages and the ones which are down uh, downregulated at later later hours of stress. Uh, Interestingly, the late late heat-responsive DEGs, which are down-regulated that LC3, uh, these are highly enriched in cell proliferation. So we could see that uh, the early heat-responsive genes uh, or the early uh, heat-stress response was endoplasmic reticulum, and the late uh, heat-stress response was down-regulation of cell division or cell proliferation-related genes. to know about what are the specific transcription factors which are active at early or late stages we looked at uh, uh, the distrib- uh, looked at the major transcription factors which are uh, which are up or downregulated at early and late hours of stress so at early uh, at early hours of stress AP2 ARF2 and uh, zip uh, homeodomain zip uh, transcription factor family these are mainly down-regulated. most of them are uh, down uh, regulated in response in response to Response to heat stress, while bzip family transcription factors were upregulated, and we can see one example over, over here, which is uh, uh, bzip50, which was upregulated uh, by almost uh, uh, two folds only at uh, one hour after stress. And bzip uh, transcription family are known to uh, play the uh, play a role in heat stress sensing mechanism. Where some of the zip uh, transcription factors undergo a proteolytic uh, splicing mechanism where they separate themselves out from the uh, from the cell membrane and then activate their own expression to uh, to, uh, to fight with any kind of stress, especially heat stress. Uh, late heat responsive transcription factors, on the other hand, were mainly reached in uh, ERF and M-type, which is matchbox box type uh, transcription factor families. And uh, uh, the down-regulated late heat, heat-responsive transcription factors were mainly enriched in uh, mib related uh, genes or uh, B3 domain-related genes. Now, this MadSpox trans- transcription family is involved in the uh, start of the endosperm salarization, and most of uh, these genes were upregulated in response to heat stress at later, uh, at later hours of stress. While uh, these MIP genes and B3 genes are mainly involved in cell division uh, or cell proliferation, pro- proliferation kind of uh, 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 steps, and these genes were downregulated. So we can see that if we if we try to study early and late, late heat response together, uh, there is activation of BZIPs uh, at early hours. There is downregulation of AP2 and ARF family transcription factors, which are involved in auxin signaling. And uh, in the later hour of stress, it, it leads to activation of MADS-BOX genes and down-regulation of cell-division-related genes such as uh, MIP gene family and uh, B3, uh, B3 gene family. So um, we are still looking at how to, uh, if there is any other possible link in terms of uh, hormonal si- signaling between early and heat, heat stress sensors. But for now, I'll move on to uh, our second approach where we looked at the, uh, where we looked at the differential network analysis between, uh, between two different conditions. So under normal conditions, when we looked at the, when we look at the network analysis, we look at the co-expression patterns that under different conditions, if there are some genes which are co-expressed, um, uh, which are co-expressed and they are uh, uh, always coming together in, in all conditions. But to know, to know about what is exactly changing between two conditions, I think it's important we look at the networks which are changing with time or which are changing between two conditions. So one of the simple approach to do differential network analysis uh, is that we look at the correlation matrix from w- condition one, we look at the correlation matrix from condition two, and we then get the differential co- uh, correlation matrix. Based on, the, uh, based on this differential co- uh, correlation matrix, we get the differential network, which basically gives us the genes which are uh, highly connected on day one or in condition one, but not connected in condition two. Uh, we can further, uh, based on the differential connectivity, we can further uh, sort out uh, your data set to see which are the differential hub genes. That is the genes which have uh, heavy connections on one conditions and uh, not, uh, like not too many connections on on, uh, in other conditions, so under uh, in conventional network, network analysis or conventional uh, differential network analysis, uh, we have been using pairwise correlation between uh, between the expression of the genes, where we look where we look at how um, how the gene expressions are uh, mean mean of the gene expression is correlated among different samples or different conditions. But in our approach, instead of using the um, gene, mean gene expression, we looked at the uh, linear model residues that is how the variation is changing between condition one and condition two. so we constructed our correlation matrix based on the um, the variation uh, in gene expression because uh, as as I said earlier that our data set has a um, a time effect that is circadian effect and we want we want to min- we wanted to minimize that effect in the study so I'm just going to show one of the case study where we looked at uh, the differential network between day one and day two, and then we further studied uh, what are the main differential hub genes or the key genes which have a a maximum difference in connectivity between day one and day two. And as you can see over here that differential hubs were clearly able to separate out the uh, samples from, samples of day one and day two, and this is, uh, this uh, PCA is, uh, was constructed using just 500 genes, which were uh, different, which were differential hubs between day one and day two. Further, if we look at the geoderm analysis for these genes, these genes were highly enriched in uh, uh, cytoskeleton formation or the genes which are involved in uh, in, in uh, cell division or cell plate formation, and these are the processes which are mainly um, which are biologically active in uh, during the seed development, as there is uh, as both and embryo and endosperm are uh, undergoing a highly active cell division as well as there is a um, sensation formation and active cell wall formation or cell plate formation when, when there is a transition from sensation to cell stage. So we think we were able to capture, the, uh, capture most of the genes, which could be important in uh, regulating this, uh, this process of, uh, of cell division or like uh, um, this interesting uh, process of sensation formation and cell in the endosperm. We applied the similar approach to look at uh, the genes or the networks which were uh, actively different between control and stress conditions. Uh, If we look at the differential hubs from uh, uh, stress and control, uh, where we are comparing the stress and controls only at one day after flowering, we could see that uh, at one day after flowering, the control, there is uh, well, uh, there is clear separation between control and stress samples as well as there is a uh, separation of uh, control and stress samples uh, between, for day two as well. So uh, on the other hand, when we looked at the, uh, the expression patterns of uh, pattern of differential hubs obtained from control, uh, stress versus control data set at day uh, two after flowering, uh, we could still see a uh, separation between day one and day two. We could see a minor separation between control and stress samples. But one of the interesting thing over here is that the later hour samples of control are clustering together, sorry, yeah, so the later hour samples of control are clustering together with the early st- uh, stress samples, which could mean that the transition, which, stre- which uh, heat stress could be causing, causing because of, uh, the transition in the, in the sample which is happening because of the heat stress. Is being captured by the differential hubs at uh, day two after flowering because the later samples of control are clustering together earlier, sem- uh, earlier samples of stress. So, just to summarize, we found that initial stages of early seed development are highly sensitive to heat stress. And further, when we explored the temporal gene expression data from, from this study, we found that early heat responsive genes are highly enriched in. Endoplasmic reticulum response, zip transcription factors, and uh, auxin signaling pathway, while the late heat responsive genes were mainly enriched in matchbox genes and uh, uh, B3 domain or MIB gene family, which are involved in cell division. Uh, we also found that gene, gene co expression networks are changing significantly uh, over the development or between control and st- stress conditions. And this is co- this, uh, using the differential co expression network analysis could be one of the approach which we can use to identify the stress regulators or the mean regulators, which are different between two conditions. With this, I'd like to acknowledge everyone who has, uh, who has uh, contributed towards this study. Our funding agency, uh, NSF, and the University of Nebraska for providing such a great great environment. Thank you. All right, do we have any questions for Jaspreet? All right, if there are no questions, we'll move on to our next speaker. Let's give her one more round of applause.